Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoran. I am so glad that you have joined me today for our lesson, our look at judgment. You know, it's a topic that we need to dive into, we need to explore, we need to understand. And we need to come to the terms of reality in order that we understand the judgment of God. You know, it's very interesting uh, in the book of John, chapter 16, beginning in verse 7, it reads, For when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That's New Testament. You know, many people say that God's done with judgment. And I say, no, God is not done with judgment because judgment is correction to turn us from iniquity to righteousness so that we inherit all in life and all in eternal life. Let's read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 32. But when we are judged, corrected, and chastised, We are chastened, corrected, and disciplined of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. We know that the world stands in rebellion against God and refuses to come into Christ through the cross of Jesus' blood. His blood is what makes the way for your reconciliation to God. And so we know that the world stands as an enemy against God, and they refuse to come to God and say, I have sinned, I have broken your commandments, and I need to be forgiven, and my sins remitted from me, so that when you look at me, you don't see sin, because your love is on the sinners, but so is your wrath. And so we need to come to grips with, why does God judge us? Why does God correct us? Because love is at the very foundation he doesn't want to lose you. John six thirty nine. Jesus clearly says to, to all of us, he said, I pray that I lose not one of you. So that's why God brings correction in our life to get our attention, to turn us to God and say, God, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on? And then God very gently points out uh, the sins in our life, the iniquity in our life, the things that must go, the things that we must depart from, because God has stated in Second Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 16, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord, and I will be your father and I will be your God and I will walk amongst you and in you. Okay? God cannot fellowship with sin. He fellowships with righteousness and how we get to God is through the cross of Jesus. And that bloodshed that, that Christ put on the mercy seat of God remits our sin and brings us into right relationship with God. And God brings correction to get our attention. It's amazing. We're sitting in the year 2020. Uh, this is the month of March and we have the international coronavirus and You know, that is a a sign that God is still on the move for the souls of men. You know, when you sit and think about it on the outside of the earth and you look at all of the earth's activities, all of the iniquity, all of the sin, all of the legalized sin uh, that our government has achieved, 
all kind of all kind of trash, all kind of iniquity, which is against God. And if God did not get our attention, all eyes on God, then He didn't bring correction and a time for us to think about things and to get our lives in order, and not only to wash our hands, but to grab the Bible and to wash our minds as we are commanded to do. For if if we don't abide in the doctrine, the Bible tells us, we have not God. Okay? That's a problem. If I have not God, who do I have? I have Satan. There's only two forces on the earth. There is God and there is Satan. So if we're not abiding in the doctrine of God, I believe that's in uh, uh, one of the first John, second John, or third John. If we don't abide in the doctrine of God, we have not God. So God is calling all of us back to cleanse our minds, not just wash our hands, but to cleanse our minds in the word so that we can be transformed into his image and get rid of the iniquity in our life and to do righteousness. And God is working with us, okay? The coronavirus is an altar call from heaven. It is God standing there bringing correction for the attention of humanity to say, heaven rules. You know, it reminds me of a story in the Old Testament where a king, his name was Nebuchadnezzar, was high and lifted up, and he was full of pride. But God broke his pride, and he put him out of his kingship, and he had the mind of an animal, and he was chained, and he was he was a mess, okay? And he was not okay until he confessed to God, heaven rules, okay? And he humbled himself under God. See, the earth has is full of pride, and people have put themselves above God, and God's truth has been trashed on the ground that they walk on. And God has gotten the attention of humanity that he alone is God and heaven rules. And when we want to see the international crisis, you know, come to an end, we must, as Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 tells us, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, seek my face. His face is in the word and his person and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will heal the land. So we need to come to grips. Why judgment It's God's love to save life. So we're going to look at this and unpackage this along the road here because we know in Romans chapter six, verse 23, that the wage of sin, the result of sin, is death. Death is separation from God, okay? Repentance and reformation through the blood of Jesus Christ, the reading of the word, is reconciliation to God, okay? Sin separates you from God, and you're not going to go well. It will not go well for you if you're separated from God. Romans 6.23 reads as follows, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So we know that God has offered us a gift. His name is Jesus. It is the cross of Jesus Christ. So if you're tired of living in the world, if you're tired of the torment you have, if you're tired of your addiction, your sin, uh, your mental illness, your poverty, 
your infirmities, your uh, decays, your health crises, your family uh, torn in pieces, uh, the bad diagnosis you might have got from the doctor. If you're tired of life in the world, that's good. Why don't you come to the foot of the cross and say, Father, forgive me for my sins. Wash them in the blood of Jesus and walk through love. Walk through love because that's who Jesus is. He's love, but he's truth. He's truth. And so when you come into the kingdom, you're going to be working out your salvation with fear and trembling, as the Bible tells us, and eating the bread of life on a daily basis and departing iniquity. You're not going to park where a lot of Christians do in the unclean kingdom where the foolish virgin, the foolish Christian perishes, Matthew 25. So we just need to understand God and why God brings these certain circumstances in our life. It is good news that he's still working with us. Amen. I know in the Bible there were cities, and I'm sure he worked with Sodom and Gomorrah, and he worked and he worked and he worked with them. But one day it was over and Sodom and Gomorrah was burned to the ground. Okay. And with all the inhabitants in it, I know that he worked and worked and worked with Noah's generation, but they wouldn't listen to him. And one day the whole generation was in the flood and perished. And all these people are now located underneath the earth in a place called hell where there's continual torment, there's demons running around there, where the worm never dies. That's another name for the devil. The worm never dies. It torments the people, and where the fire is never quenched. And then they are awaiting the great white throne where God judges them and says, eternal lake of fire. So it's just not good. We want to be reconciled to God and do things God's way. So the fact that he's working with us, getting our attention, our international attention, it's amazing. Within just a short period of time, he's turning all humanity, every nation, every tongue back towards him. And what he wants us to do internationally is say, Father, we have sinned against you. We have forsaken you. We have neglected you. We have left you. And we have neglected and forsaken reading the word of God as you have commanded us. We repent as a human race. And we come back to you and ask you to wash us in the blood of Jesus and to remit our sins, to fill us full of the Holy Spirit, to give us power to do what we're supposed to do on this planet. And we pick up the word of God and we read it on a daily basis and study it as you have commanded us to, to show ourselves approved. And we read every chapter in the Bible from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation. And we don't stop eating that on a daily basis. We don't stop studying that on a daily basis, but we will be transformed into the image of Jesus as you desire by the, by the renewing of our mind as Romans chapter 12 tells us. That's what God is looking for. We know that death is uh, hell in, in the eternal lake of fire and that God wants no man to perish into hell in the eternal lake of fire. That was originally created for the first rebel in line against God, and his name is Lucifer, Satan, devil, serpent. And we know that he took one-third of the angels with him, and hell was made for them in the lake of fire. But then the human race came on the scene, 
and the ones that don't come in line under God through Christ go there as well. And we know that God desires no no one on the planet to perish. The desire of Almighty God is that you would be His forever. He made you to be His child and to mature you and to grow you into a masterpiece of His. He never wanted to throw one of us into hell, but the eternal laws and orders of heaven have been written, and they are sealed eternally as is written for us in the Bible, and they cannot be altered or changed for any of us. God demands that we all come to the Word and change our lives, because that's the only way into heaven through Christ. We know that God loves us. It is stated for us in the word, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Believing in Jesus is not just saying, Oh, okay, I believe in Jesus. It's actually knowing Jesus and what he has to say in the word. Okay? and say, you know, I believe this is true, therefore I'm going to do what Jesus has said. That's believing in Jesus. You know, Jesus said, who are my mother, my brother, my sisters, my father? He said, those who do the will of God, not those that just believe the devil believes, but he's eternally damned. We don't say, I believe in Jesus and not do what he says. He says, you call me Lord, and and rightfully so, I am Lord, but you do not do as I have commanded you, and you have left off to get to know me and to continue in my word as my disciples, my people, and my students, and you have watered down my word, and you have neglected my word. Come back to my word, says the Lord. And so we know that God is working with us, and he's calling us all back to the bread of life, the word of God, Jesus Christ, the the lamb of God dipped in blood for you and I, Revelation 19, 13, and his name is the word of God. We must acknowledge our sin to God, not deny that we have sinned. We must all acknowledge that we have sinned against the Lord. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the glory, the person, the being of God. We have all fallen short because God is perfect and he wants us to be transformed. He says, be perfect, be holy, be pure, be intelligent as I am pure and holy and intelligent and excellent. He wants you to be transformed into his image. And that is not going to change. That is eternal desire of Almighty God. We know that God has called all people to repent. Jesus, when he came out of the battle with Lucifer in Matthew chapter 4, the first words out of his mouth were, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent means stop sinning and do right. It's like your right foot and your left foot. Stop sinning and do right. Stop sinning and do right according to the word of God. Not setting your own right up above the word of God because we know that God has let it let us know internationally through the coronavirus that he alone is God and that heaven rules and that we must seek him for the healing of our land 
his commanded way, Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, come underneath God, look up to God, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal the land. We all want the coronavirus gone, but we must do things God's way and then let God heal the land. Amen. Proverbs 28, 13 reads as follows. He that covers his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. You know, we could stand it as a human race against God and say, you are wrong. You are wrong and we are right. But, but we are wrong. We have broken every one of his of his Ten Commandments. The first commandment, thou shalt have no other God before me. We have made ourselves gods above him. We have trampled his truth. We have walked upon his word. We have thrown his crosses down and walked upon them. We have trampled his laws. We have, we have polluted the United States of America and the founding fathers that, that Christ alone created this nation to be one nation under God, under Almighty God, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, and the God of Isaac, Jesus the Christ. We have polluted our schools and made a broken commandment, um, commandments number one, no other gods but me. Number two, you will have no graven image. We know that massive amounts of churches that put up statues and images and, and just, it's, it's foul. Number three, you will not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And we stand in our courthouses and we swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. And then we look and we lie right through our mouth and we take his name in vain. Number four, you will keep the Sabbath day holy. You will go to church and you will honor me, says the Lord. How many in our nation go to church, except if they're in a crisis? And when God fix your crisis, you forget him, you neglect him, you forsake him. Number five, we are commanded to honor our father and our mother, our parents. How do you treat your parents? Number six, you shall not murder. How many abortions are done in our, in the United States on a daily basis? Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. How many movie theaters are packed full of Hollywood's films on sexual perversion and we as Christians go into them and have the audacity to sit in that theater and be fed that sin that God hates. Number eight, thou shall not steal. How many, how many people in the theater watched Hollywood produce movies about the great theft and, and all this, all this delusion and false lives, but, but our prisons are full of people that stole. And our juveniles, there's juveniles, there's children all over the earth that have lost their lives because they stole. And now they're in juvenile detention or maybe they were shot and killed and lost their life and their soul in eternal fire because Hollywood has produced such films. And we as the United States sit against the commands of God and allow this in our nation. How many, how many, how many, how many times does this happen? How many times does this happen? Number nine, number nine. 
No false witness. No false witness. How many liars do we have in the United States of America? Number 10, no coveting, no lusting after and forbidden desires, no coveting after somebody's stuff and slashing their throat to get it. How many people climb over each other just to be at the top of the ladder when then the ladder is tossed into the lake of fire with you on it? Because you never came into Christ and humbled yourself and followed his example. Though he was God, he humbled himself and came to this earth in the form of a man, and he gave his life for others. When will we attend to God in God's commanded way? Now would be a good time. We are to, we are people that have repented, but we are to go on to conversion. That is a life change, a transformation from one substance to the next. We can see the transformation from a caterpillar into a butterfly. We can see the transformation of a chunk of coal buried deep within the earth to a diamond that sparkles without defect. We are to go on to conversion from the people against God and the people to people that are for God and, and, and purified into his image, Acts 3.19. Repent, stop sinning, and do right. And be converted, be changed, be transformed from wicked to pure. That your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. It's amazing what God says will save us versus what Man has said, we need to go back to the Bible and read the Bible so that we don't perish in the lake of fire apart from Christ. We need to know Christ. We know we need to know the word of God. His name is Jesus Christ. We must uh, undergo a process of transformation on purpose. We purposefully see what God has stated in the Bible and we purposefully go about doing what he has stated. When he says, don't do this, we don't do it. When he says, do this, we do it. And if we don't like what he says, we crucify our flesh and we submit underneath God. That is our wisdom. That is intelligence. Philippians 2.12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We are to fear the Lord. It is the, it is the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord because we know what he says because we attend to his word. We don't throw it on the ground and walk on it and raise ourselves up above the Lord. There shall be no other gods beside me. Commandment number one. Jesus told a man, he said, if you want eternal life, you must obey the commandments. Matthew nineteen seventeen. God is righteousness and judgment. You know, when you look at God, he's righteous, but he's judgment. He is judgment. Psalm eighty nine fourteen. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Mercy. God is merciful. If he wasn't merciful, we wouldn't be here today talking about him. But he has brought himself, brought his being and revealing himself to mankind in order to save mankind because of his love for mankind.
we must get ourselves in line for blessing. Amen? And God is no respecter of person. Whatever you sow, you will reap, no matter who you are or what good works you've done. God sees everything. Romans chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil. Of the Jew first, and also of the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that works good, that's somebody that does good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. God doesn't wink at anyone's sins. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne, and mercy and truth go before his face. He is holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He created creation to be transformed into the image of Jesus. We are to follow Jesus, and you will only know Jesus by knowing the word of God. So we, we need to be careful because Galatians 6, 7, 8 tells us that whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Whatever you're doing, you will reap it. If you're doing good, God will bless you. And that's wonderful news. And we're happy about that and joyful. But if you're doing evil, God will curse you. God will correct you. God will bring things into your life to get your attention, and some of them are not good. We know that David was forgiven, King David, but God raised up evil against him in his own home. He said, I forgive you, David, but evil will be raised up against your home. And we know that that story just continues, and it was not good. Okay, so we don't want to play with the mercy of God. Jesus Christ says in the New Testament, Fear God, fear him, which after he has killed the body, Deuteronomy 32, 39, he says, I am God alone. I kill and I wound, I heal and I make alive. There is no other God but me. And Jesus Christ has told each one of us, fear God, fear God, which after he has killed the body, can kill the soul and eternal hell will cast one into eternal fire. And Jesus Christ has warned all of us and told all of us to fear God. God is both Father and God. We don't want to let go of God, the judge, righteousness and and judgment are the habitation of his throne. We want to stay in right alignment under God with respect and obedience and not take advantage of Father. Oh, but Father, you understand my sin. He said, look at my son on the cross and understand that. That's how much I hate sin. And if you don't come under obedience to Jesus, you will never enter into heaven. Amen. We need to take it seriously. And, you know, there are no secrets with God. Everything is open for sight underneath the heaven. There are no, uh, there is no partition We are an open book. We are clear, crystal clear. He can see through us. You know, we have privacy uh, amongst humans, you know, but there is no privacy. There is no secrets. There is nothing hidden from God. 
God knows all. Hebrews chapter 4 tells us, uh, beginning in uh, verse 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner, a discerner, a knower of thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest that does not appear in his sight. But all things are naked, all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him, the eyes of God, with whom we have to do. We all have to stand before God and we all have to answer to God. So let's get in line to be blessed by God. Good night. Rialoran International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialoran today at www.rialoran.org.